Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. You're listening to 9 to 1 here on OCRFM, and joining me in the studio, I have a member for Polworth, Richard Reardon. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you? Not too bad at all. Now, I think uh, full title, you're also uh, Shadow Assistant Minister for Agriculture and Shadow Assistant Minister for Regional Development. And also Deputy Chair of PAYAC. Ah, okay. That was my big job gain this year. This year, yes. How has that uh, unfolded? Uh, Look, that's a very interesting role. It's um, an appointment of a parliamentary committee, and it's essentially, to put in in more understandable language, uh, it's essentially the Public Accounts and Estimates Committee, which Mm -hmm. is like the audit and and fiscal sort of um, review committee of parliament. So it's a, for a relatively new member of parliament, it's a very interesting uh, process Project, of yep, yep. Um, interviewing and going through each department mm-hmm. across the whole of government. So it's a it's a great way to learn learn the ropes and to uh, get a greater understanding of just the volume of responsibility that government has. Yes, yep. on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to and accounting for everything uh, um, to get the state finished. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, merry Christmas season to you. Yeah, same to you, Jonathan. It's um, it's great getting some nice weather. Mm-hmm. We've had, yes, although I yes. think today's going to be too hot, but um, <laughs> certainly Boxing Day and Christmas Day, beautiful days. Yeah, that's the thing. We've had such a strange December. Like uh, it was almost wintry there at some points. Uh, absolutely. In fact, it was wintry all the way through. I got another load of firewood midway through November. I don't <laughs> think I've ever done that before. Um, I always work on the theory that we seem to get about the same amount of nice days every year. Yes. So I'm now work my theory now extends to the fact that we're now due a whole bunch of nice days. That's it. And hopefully they're all going to bank up and all fall ten days in a row when I go to the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? Had a lovely Christmas actually. Um, did the <clears throat> did the off thing many families do? You yes, know, one yep. side of the family in the morning and one side of the family in the yeah, evening. Then, yep. Uh, and enjoyed that. It was uh, everyone was in good cheer and in a good frame of mind. So you can't but enjoy yourself. That's it. That's it. Um, and they're just on leftovers, really. Yes, like everyone else <laughs> for the rest of the week into the yep, new year. That's right. It starts getting a bit manky in another couple of days, and then that's it. That's it. Well, then uh, let's have a bit of a, a recap of uh, some of the big things from uh, 2019 because we're about to uh, turn over the clock. Yeah. But uh, what have been some of the the highlights this year? We've had. Uh, well, as a Minister for Agriculture, Dan um, Well, certainly in the agricultural space, um, I, I tend to sort of uh, be south of the divide yes, because yep. the, the, um, the senior portfolio goes to the, the Nats and they're north of the river and there's a whole bunch of water issues up there that, you know, thankfully we don't have in this part of the world. But look, one of the big issues, it was two sort of issues that dominated uh, this year. Uh, and that's been around the um, dairy industry and the dairy uh, codes of conduct and so on, and that's been something many of our farmers in our region have been keen to keep an eye on. And, of course, there was the whole farm invasion issue, which was also a big issue uh, leading in, and, um, you know, very much (coughs) my view is that uh, farms are workplaces. We don't allow random protesters and objectors to go running across anyone else's workplaces if for no other reason than safety of both the employees uh, workers and and the protesters you know farms are inherently dangerous places so that that was a big issue and we heard all about that with the gippy goat Um, and look uh, here in 
in our region at ALC down, uh, you know, the lamb processor there in Colac. They had a couple of passive invasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were ultimately pretty well managed by all concerned, but uh, I guess they were sort of the two big agricultural issues to keep an eye on. Yes. Yep. And more broadly, um, an issue that's really coming to fore now that we're in the summer season is around roadside management. And, yes. Yep. Um, there's a lot in our community wanting to um, do a better job of the way we manage our big wide roadsides here in many parts of southwest Victoria and one of the you know better ideas has come through about sort of getting that bailed up and sending that north for farming communities that need hay mm-hmm. uh, and look that's quite a good idea but <clears throat> there's a real conflict on about how you manage roadsides and who the roadsides are for are they yes, for road yeah. safety are they for wildlife corridors are they for uh, fire and windbreak so all sorts of issues there that as a community, we haven't got a lot of clarity around. But hopefully, uh, f- a few discussions will be able to sort that. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of discussions about that, particularly this year. Um, on, you know, there's always woe everywhere when it comes to farming, but in our part of the world, we've had, a, by and large, a very good season, improving dairy conditions, uh, great crops in our region. Uh, our dams are all full. We've had a very fortunate year compared to the bulk of Australia. Australia, yep. And uh, so that's got everyone into a happier frame of mind to have these conversations. But they are important issues for us uh, to work through um, because as sure as night follows day, spring follows winter, and we'll have all these same conversations again next year. In but 12 months, yeah. um, it's in light of the very good spring we've had, it's a particularly big problem this year, and particularly when we move into late January, February, March for fire danger. So we'll That's see what right. happens. And, of course, uh, this time of year, fire danger is uh, at its peak. Yeah. Absolutely. So <clears throat> whether you're south of Colac in the bush or north of Colac on the plains, there's just such a fuel load. And, um, you know, there are many out there that just don't believe we've been doing enough to manage that fuel load, whether it's um, private individuals not being able to take action or local CFA groups sort of prevented or hindered from doing what doing they've traditionally what done. So yep. uh, let's hope we're not sitting here in three months' time having the conversation, why didn't we do more? So mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Well, on to a, a more positive uh, project, I guess, the um, opening of the Princess Highway. Yes, well, <clears throat> well, I think we've had a bit of a, a false opening. It was sort of a bit of publicity that it had opened. I think there's some more formal <laughs> processes to happen yet. Uh, but look, it is great. Um, many of us in our community use that road all the time yes. now. Uh, modern cars with cruise control and uh, active cruise control, mm-hmm. which my car's got at the moment, which, uh, you know, the drive <clears throat> is just so much better. So for those uh, who can remember the old two-lane... Um, that trip to Winchelsea, I know I used to just, it would exhaust Dreaded, you, you yeah. know, all the dips and thing, uh, dips and weaves in the road and you the couldn't, and, and you couldn't uh, really overtake and it wasn't safe and there was always accidents and now you've got this great non-stop road just whoosh through to Melbourne. That's it. Um, it it's a... Uh, it's a fantastic thing for this region. That's uh, right. Really, really hopefully, um, you know, there are some that share a concern that it might take business away from town, um, but looking at local real estate and interest in Colac more generally through my office from mm-hmm. industry and business looking to relocate, I think you know, there might be a short-term bump as we all get excited and get to Geelong or Melbourne <laughs> very quickly, but the converse is true and it means that people, people can set up here and, yep. and get down. So I think... Uh, it will speak to a very, very different future and great opportunity for this region once um, it all settles in. Definitely when you see all the little uh, local touristy spots popping up around this region, lots of uh, 
kind of little eateries and things like that uh, along the yeah. even the Great Ocean Road as well. Yeah, and the fantastic news in the last month from Buller, so one of Colac's oldest and biggest yes, companies, yes. Um, has just made a massive commitment to promoting specifically Colac, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to do all they can to make Colac the ice cream capital. Yep. And uh, as far as that goes, I think it's one of the more exciting things you can promote a town about. Um, you know, in our region, whether it's down at Timboon, out at Birigara, Irrawarra, there are lots of niche ice cream makers. Yes. Uh, it would be good over time to sort of funnel them towards Colac and have, a, yes, yep. have an ice cream uh, focus. Yes. I don't think there's many people on the face of the earth that don't like ice cream. <laughs> um, and look, well done to Buller. Yes, very, exactly. very excited about what that might look like over the coming years as that develops and with their huge Murray Street frontage. Mm-hmm. I imagine um, there's lots of things they could do with that. Definitely to celebrate that history. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally, I guess uh, another big uh, win for 2019 was to see a lot more water in our uh, local lake here in Colorado. Yeah, well, um, as many of your listeners will know, we've been advocating to have a sort of a more reliable and permanent source of um, water coming into our lake, but um, Mother Nature's looked after us a bit this year. Um, I don't think we're going to get another full summer of being able to use the lake just yet, Mm -hmm. but um, I certainly have great optimism that um, it might sort of be on a bit of a a recovery trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, The lake's now has more water in it than what it did say in 1983 and yes, other times yeah. and if we, for those old enough can remember back to 83 uh, when it was at this sort of level it soon by 86 it was flooding again so yes. uh, it's important that people realise that it just it's very very weather dependent lake um, get the rain at the right time in the right spots and it can make Utilize a big difference it. so uh, fingers crossed there that it might solve itself the problem, but what's important, it will then give us more time to come up with a permanent solution. solution yep. um, the work's been done about how that might look, and um, it's just whether we can, over time, get the money and get the energy behind it. Yes, definitely. But it's been great to see you know the local yacht club back out and not having oh. to travel far and wide to get to... <coughs> and it's just love having the beach down there, yes, and yep. although we've been very short on sunny days, what sunny days we have had, it's been great to see people down there enjoying the whole environment, so Utilizing it's good. It. Well then, uh, let's have a bit of a, a forecast into 2020 then, because we are about to start a brand new decade, and yes. uh, what, what sort of things do you, do you see uh, in the foreseeable future? Well, I think the challenges that we've got in this next 10 years, as we talked about, we've got the freeway, highway coming to Colac, which it opens us up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've still got our train service. There's a lot of agitation to get those extra lines. So I think the physical connections to our community, to the rest of the world, are, uh, are better and getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a big plus for a, a modern community. Um, I think the challenges we have here is making more land available. Yes. There's a shortage yep. of available Despite the fact we're out in the country, there's a shortage of zoned land suitable and ready to go for people to live in. And I think um, that's important for our own community. Something like 30% of houses at the moment are selling to people outside our community. Wow. Which is, um, you know, putting upward pressure on pricing. Yes, And uh, there's plenty of young people hanging around Colac these days. So yes. there's no shortage of apprenticeships and yep. other opportunities. So those people will all want to hopefully make a make a home here one day and so I think we have to the council's got to keep the pressure up on getting land released and zoned out and let the community know where those opportunities are going to be, that's a challenge um, in the parliament the challenge coming up is the Great Ocean Road Authority Yes. Uh, so 
that's one I'm very keen to keep an eye on. Um, it is supposed to be about making the Great Ocean Road and its environment less bureaucratic mm-hmm. and more streamlined and better managed. I have my reservations at this stage. Uh, there's 30-something authorities, and I think there's if there were 31 authorities, there's now going to be 30. So I'm not sure it's how streamlined it is. And, yes, yep. um, and there's a few little glitches beginning to appear around little community groups along the way that sort of had some autonomy that will lose that. And, yes, yep. And, uh, you know, particularly if you look at the little community of Princetown, um, the funds that they raise from the campground down there have traditionally gone back into the community to help mm-hmm. look after that community, and that looks like that won't be the case under the new authority. So, right, yeah. Um, you know, there's a few growing concerns issues, about yes, that, yep. so we need to keep an eye on that. We don't want to actually make the situation worse than what it was. No, definitely not. Uh, so that's that's a big challenge for the region over the over the coming while. Yes. And, um, of course, the big issue that everyone's always knocking my door down about is uh, the road safety issues. Yes, so yep. we've seen great improvement with the um, new roundabout being built on the Birrigurra Road. Yes, um, but as everyone listening will know, there's three or four other very key spots across the region that the community Definitely. wants fixed. And I also see there at last start of the overtaking lanes, Dandor Apollo Bay, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which will probably be a bit of a hard slog for the Apollo Bayans over coming uh, months as they build as those. So yep. let's hope that's a matter of short-term pain, long-term gain. But yep. I think um, they will be much anticipated. Well, speaking about uh, coastal areas, the foreshore harbour area down around Apollo Bay... Yes, well, the Geelong City deals promised quite a significant investment um, around the harbour, mm-hmm. so that can only be good. And uh, certainly the fish shop down there and the fishermen in the in the harbour are, uh, are looking forward to a better, deeper, more viable harbour that's good for their business, and um, they're hoping to attract some boats back, um, some professional fishing boats back into that harbour. Um, I guess the community and myself will need to keep the pressure up to get the balance of that foreshore work. Yes. There's been an ongoing erosion issue down there that, um, you know, there's been a lot of research on it. I think um, it's pretty well known what needs to happen to help mitigate and reduce the amount of erosion and uh, it's a matter of finding funds for that. So that'll be an important um, uh, issue to keep on the forefront. And of course, the Apollo Bay Surf Lifesaving Club are keen for new funds for a redevelopment. I'm not sure that's going to happen this year, but um, the lobbying and the campaigning will continue for sure. Yep. Um, uh, Renewable energy around this area, we've seen uh, a lot of um, uh, interesting developments like the the wind farm uh, popping up over the last couple of years. Um, Where where do you see that sort of thing uh, Um, in the future? I think think there's um, going to continue to be a, a lot. There's a lot of inquiry going in, I think, the move over the next 10 years as we're talking about the new decade um, set building a heap of renewable energy without a heap of renewable storage yes, yep. and infrastructure is a bit pointless it's sort of like um, collecting a whole bunch of things and having nowhere to store so, them yep. and um, that's that's one of the problems you've got to do both at the same time mm-hmm. and the challenge for this government is going to be about how do we maximise the benefit of these billions of dollars we're spending on renewable infrastructure? Um, those that watch my Twitter or Facebook will have noticed I've made a bit of commentary uh, in recent days as the weather started to warm up, and right across our region, the billions of dollars in energy generation's not been generating when we want it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have no doubt it can generate at other times, but it, it 
we need to have the storage and uh, in a region like ours you've got hydro opportunities you've got uh, <coughs> um, waste to energy opportunities you've got all sorts of things that can work in with the current infrastructure but we have to see more diversity in storage and generation absolutely definitely well we'll finish up uh you touched on it before about uh land uh and uh, availability a couple of uh Big spaces at the moment, Colander and uh, the old Colac High School site. Mm. These have been constant frustrations of mine. I've been in the job four years, um, and I think for the whole of that four years, I've been writing to various ministers about getting these spaces resolved for the community. Um, There is a conga line of suggestions at the old high school site. Uh, Instead, we've just left with this abandoned site in the main street, which is unsightly and, you know, denying opportunities for Mm -hmm. the region. So... Absolutely, we need to get that resolved. And unfortunately, Calanda's heading the same way. Yep. So it's all fenced off. There's, you know, been massive infrastructure there over time, which is sort of going to rot away in the ground if we don't use it. Yep. Um, to me, one of the best suggestions has been for the expansion of this, well, not expansion, but the relocation of the cemetery for yes. the next 200 years. Right, yes. Um, and people might say, oh, but why, why there? Well, why there quite simply is we can't put houses there because it's in the middle of the industrial area. Yes, yep. It's A lot of it's on fairly sensitive or potentially sensitive river bank. Yep. Um, and um, quite frankly, the Geelong Cemetery Trust, which looked after the Colac Cemetery and Lawn and many others in the area, are fantastic land managers. They've got a really good track record of doing a nice job. And I just think um, Memorial Park there linked into the Joseph Patch Reserve and you know, uh, and, a, and, a, and a group prepared to, for the next 200 years to look, look after that space yep. and, and make it a, a place that the community um, can go to and feel peace and quiet and tranquil and it's sort of the best of both worlds and I think to have a nice big green wedge like that in the heart of our industrial area is uh, a good idea. Um, and importantly, I mean, these are little considerations, but they all sort of speak to the need of it. Of course, the old cemetery will always stay there yes. and has to be looked yes, after, yes, the hedge yes. trimmed and the, <laughs> and the roses pruned for the next time uh, time that the whole of civilization stays here. So it's actually important that the cemetery trust can easily move between the two the sites, spaces, yep. which, which is a unique opportunity for them to there because... Um, if, if that site's not perhaps used for that, there's, we might be talking cemetery well out of town, which adds to the cost of maintaining and mm-hmm. looking after it, which ultimately people have to pay more for. So That's right, yes. I, I think it's a it's a great spot, and um, it would be good to see that underway because the, the big, big fear I've got is education is so important in, mm-hmm. in country towns and yes. to be taking up more land around our school to plant school. dead yes. people in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to me defies logic and I, I wouldn't like to see any more in fact I don't want to see them take that next stage open I think we need to keep that for our school yes because we're not about to move the school again and um, you know that land should be kept for the school definitely well thank you so much for uh, coming in to have a chat today Richard no worries Jonathan we have a great and uh, fantastic New Year's Eve you too Where are you just around Colac I am yes we've got some friends coming over yeah so I'm doing the same, yep. doing the same. <laughs> bit of a quieter affair as we bring in 2020 good on you no worries you have a great year thank you very much